Investment advisory services provided by Drake & Associates, LLC, a state of Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through a separate company, Loft Financial Advisory Group, LLC, a Wisconsin insurance agency. Clients are under no obligation to purchase any recommended insurance products. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. While we believe the information in the show is reliable, we cannot guarantee its accuracy. Neither Drake & Associates or Loft Financial Advisory Advisory Group accepts any liability for the use of the information discussed. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment advice or a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Please consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. Before you start planning your retirement party, make sure you've got your retirement plan. You can never be too prepared for life after work, and we're here to help. This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Good afternoon. This is the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, WealthWisconsin.com. We've got a great team here today we're excited about. We've got Brad Allen, Super Dad. Still, hey. You're still, still looking tired, Brad. No sleep at home? No, or not what's as going? much as I'd like. Yeah. Any better? Or what's it? We, we, we all, you know, I, I get these questions throughout the week when clients, they want to know, is Brad sleeping or not? Yeah. What's the baby story? So, <laughs> no, we things just, going. We just got a new coffee maker, so that's been helping a little that's bit. That's right. But, uh, that's right. Lots yeah, he's of getting coffee. better uh, day by day. I was wondering why you asked for a raise. It's to pay for those coffee beans. <laughs> right. huh? You're getting yeah. the good imported stuff there, right? That's right. <laughs> and uh, really excited this week. We have a great friend of mine and a great colleague that I've been working with for years and has worked with a lot of my clients. Attorney Ashley Lillisan focuses on um, elder law, estate planning. Sometimes I call you an elder attorney, and I get I the yeah, that. I get the nasty look. No, certainly not elder attorney, but elder law and a lot of great things there. And, and I think you know a lot of folks. It's some of those topics, guys, where it's uncomfortable to talk about, right? And and it's our jobs, I think, to kind of bring up some of those things that that folks don't want to think about or maybe don't want to talk about. And there's no time like now, I think, really, and especially for retirees to prepare for the future and. You know, this month here we had a state planning awareness week and, you know, certainly a time to, dedicated to helping people understand what estate planning is and why why it's important. And, and I think, Ashley, you have some kind of unique skills and experience in, in those areas where maybe there's some of those situations, you know, that come up that unfortunately you've seen working with your clients that, that are hard to think about and, and hard to uh you know, address, but, um, you know, do you think people are getting the message about how important estate planning is? I think it's a twofold issue. I think one, it's getting the message that it's important and then pulling your head out of the sand and being willing to address it. So as you said, it's, it's uncomfortable. Although the number of people that I have who come and, you know, sit in my office and talk to me about it and then say, oh my gosh, that was so much easier than I thought it was going to be. And now it's done. And now I have peace of mind. So I've never had somebody say, wow, that was so much harder than I thought it would be. It really is just a matter of um, kind of getting yourself into gear to do it. And once you do it, you'll be so glad that you did, and you'll realize it's really not as difficult and as awful as it, as you think it would be. Yeah, I think that's a great point, and probably finding the right partners and, and people sure. to work with that help you walk through that a little bit easier. Brad, I know you uh, brought some statistics for us on a study um, about estate planning that I was really kind of shocked about. Yeah, you know, study after study shows people are, are definitely putting off estate planning, sometimes until it's too late. And, 
Here are some uh, of those statistics. So three quarters of couples admit they won't, uh, wouldn't be financially ready for retirement if, if their spouse passed away, and more than half of widows and widowers say that they did not have a plan for when they want what what they were going to do when their spouse died. You know, seventy eight percent of millennials and sixty four percent of Gen Xers do not have a will. Wow. And I think that's a, a big thing. You know, I, when people come into the office, I think uh, one of the questions, one of the first questions that we ask is, "What are you doing for estate planning? Do you have a will or trust?" And the answer you can kind of guess is either no we haven't even thought about it yet or we need to update it and i i think that's uh one of the things that uh everybody that walks through the door is thinking about you know what's going to happen to their assets when they pass away yeah and i think as we kind of explore through the show this afternoon we'll we'll talk about some of those documents and maybe what we need and, and you know what we should have but that should be part you know we we really stress each week when we when we are on a show here about getting a thorough review, right, and making sure you're sitting. And that should be part of it. And, and I think, you know, Ashley will help us here, but, you know, if you've moved states, I think there's a lot of different triggering events, right? I always kind of recommend to people if it hasn't been looked at in, you know, five years, laws change, probably a good time to touch base with your attorney, just make make sure things are kind of looking in the right direction. One common question I get, Ashley, that, that I think comes up a lot is a lot of people hear the term estate planning, and they say, well, in their minds, they're not wealthy, whatever that means. And is, is it something that's just for wealthy people? Absolutely not. In fact, everybody needs uh, the basic parts of the estate plan. And, you know, when you were referencing the young people and the older people and everybody who doesn't like to do estate plans, there are two times in life when people typically look at doing an estate plan. And it's when you have minor children and inevitably the parents are going on a vacation without the kids. And it occurs to them what would happen if, you know, the plane goes down while we're on a vacation. Um, and so I get some frantic calls from people saying we're leaving in three days for Jamaica and we don't have an estate plan. Um, that's really a key time that you, if you have minor children, you definitely need to have an estate plan. I mean, essentially everybody does, but that's a really critical time as well as when you're looking at retirement. So you do not need to, to have wealth, so to speak, to have um, a plan in place because there's more to an estate plan than just a will anyway. There's some power of attorney documents that we'll talk about that are important as well. Excellent. Let's get into those documents here in just a minute. For those that want a little bit deeper dive, we have some great classes coming up. You can always check out the website for the upcoming schedule at wealthwisconsin.com. That's wealthwisconsin.com. Or you can call the office during the week at 414-409-7226. That's 414 409 you're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Getting you ready to sail into the sunset. This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Welcome back to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm certified financial planner Tony Drake with Drake & Associates, WealthWisconsin.com. Got Brad Allen here today. Happy Saturday. Absolutely. It's good fall, fun time of year. Favorite time of year. I love the fall. Although usually cold sets in at some point, I'm thinking, Florida. why have I lived here for so long, right? But uh, born and raised, I guess you got to comes with the territory in Wisconsin. But have attorney Ashley Littlesand here today talking about a great topic, and and I really think it's a topic that a lot of people, for whatever reason, it, you know, it's this and long term care, and we'll talk about how these two worlds kind of collide, if you will, but. It's the two topics I think people are just really worried about. It's misunderstood. They want to, you know, kind of stick their heads in the sand. Our good friend Jim Peck says when you stick your head in the sand, you expose what, Brad? A, a, a big very tar- large target. Very large target, right? <laughs> so you don't want to do that. But 
Um, we were talking a little bit about the first steps in estate planning, and Ashley, maybe you can walk us through a little bit. Uh, my understanding is there's, there's documents that all of us need, and then we'll get into some of those more advanced planning documents that some of us may want to accomplish different goals. Right, that's correct. The basic estate plan that everybody needs, regardless of the amount of wealth or if you have children or any of those other um, criteria, everybody needs powers of attorney, both for health care and for finance. And um, you know, these forms are critical in the event that you become incapacitated, which could be from a stroke or you're in a car accident or you're in a coma or you have dementia or any number of reasons that you would be deemed incapacitated so that you couldn't make your own decisions or, or um, participate in your own health care decisions. You would need a health care document in order, health care power of attorney, in order to have someone be able to act for you. So it's common a misconception that a spouse can make health care decisions for another a spouse. That is not the case, nor can you make decisions for your children once over the age of 18. So everybody over the age of 18 needs a power of attorney. Um, I do a lot of powers of attorney for people who are sending their kids off to college as a freshman year. Um, Again, it's really important, and it's one of those pieces that younger people do need once over the age of 18. So now let's assume you're like Brad, procrastinator. No, I'm kidding. But let's assume for whatever reason you didn't get your documents done. Now, God forbid, something happens. What does that look like? If you are in, um, you're incapacitated and you're in the hospital, let's say, and someone needs to be able to make decisions for you and you don't have these advanced planning documents in place, you will end up going through the court process to have a guardian appointed oh, wow. for you, which is a, a more cumbersome and expensive process than if you had just filled out the three-page you know, power of attorney in the first place. Um, the person you would have named may become the guardian, but may not. And at that point, you have no say because you're you know, you're incapacitated. So you really want to take care of that in advance so that you don't have someone that you really never anticipated making healthcare decisions for you. I also get a lot of questions, Ashley, nowadays. People are saying, can I, I don't know the sites, but can I go to these websites and download them? And, and you know, my non-attorney experience has been those documents are problematic, a little bit generic. Walk us through some of the issues with those kind of pre-populated generic forms, if you will. So the healthcare power of attorney form, there actually is a, a, a good version that the state has created. Uh, I believe it's on the Department of Health and Family Services website, or a physician could give you a copy of it. Um, it, the problem with that particular document is if you don't fill it out correctly, it's not going to be valid. So while there is a good form and a good uh, sample that you could use for the healthcare document, if you, you, know, you don't fill it out correctly and you don't know that you didn't fill it out correctly, it's not going to be valid once again once you have now become incapacitated and you're not going to be able to fix it. So it's not so much that people can't find ways to do it on their own. It's just in the execution of it. If you don't have it notarized correctly, if you don't have the proper number of witnesses, whatever it might be, anything that throws that document into being invalid invalidates the whole document. So that's really the problem with using one of these templates, so to speak. I believe that the Power of Attorney for Finances recently, uh, the state of Wisconsin also created a, a standard form of that, but that one is is even more complicated than the healthcare one. So. You know, I I do these documents in conjunction with doing larger estate plans typically for people, although I can do just the powers of attorney. But it's really not expensive, and it's so much better to have the peace of mind to know that they're done correctly so that when you need them, you know, you you put the plan in place and it works. Yeah, I get that question a lot. People say, you know, can I do X, Y, or Z? And I say, look, if it's important to you and your family, assuming it's legal, of course, but there's almost always a good uh, a way a good attorney can do that. And I know some sometimes in a financial power of attorney, too, I know we've run into issues where, 
you know, it's too limiting what the power of attorney can do as far as gifting. Maybe the attorney was thinking about the gift tax limits and not thinking about protection of the assets. So really important that you get with a good professional and look at that. Also been excited. We've been talking to everybody about the new software we've made available for everybody. Go to the App Store. You can download Asset Lock. It's a great way to link your accounts. We're in a volatile market. We've seen a lot more volatility lately. You can set a level, 5%, 10 15%, whatever level you want to set. It sends you an alert. I think we hear so often, you know, my accounts are down. I'm not hearing from my advisor. It's a great way to alert you. You're going to need a code when you download that. It's 3AX, and then you won't have any charge for the software. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Getting you ready for retirement the right way. This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm Tony Drake, certified financial planner with Drake & Associates, WealthWisconsin.com. Got a great topic. We're kind of weaving through the complicated, foggy, smoke and mirror maze of estate planning. You know, I think there's a lot of misconceptions and... Um, we've got the great team here today. We've got Brad Allen, of course, and we're joined by a guest this week, Attorney Ashley Lillisan, who's done a lot of work in the area of, you know, elder law planning and wills, estates, trusts, things of that nature. And there, I think there's always different goals that people are trying to accomplish. So I, I guess the prescription for what that estate plan might look like is going to vary quite a bit depending on the assets and what you're trying to accomplish. And we were talking briefly about the importance of the powers of attorney documents and, you know, being something everybody should have. And so there's also will, living will. Can you help us navigate that kind of complex issue? I, I, is this where those questions come up that none of us want to answer, those uncomfortable ones? Some of it, yeah. Um, you know, and most frequently when I ask people, you know, who do you want your beneficiaries to be, whatnot, it's it's who you would logically think anyway. So they're really fretting about nothing. But, yeah, there is confusion about the will versus the living will. So when I was going through the basic components of, or the components of a basic estate plan, it's going to be those two power of attorney documents and then a will. And everybody needs a will, really regardless of, you know, what you have for assets. You might have a trust beyond that, but um, the will is the basic distributive document that you're going to have. A living will is really an auxiliary document to the health care power of attorney, and it delineates further instructions about how you would want your health care handled. So if you knew you had a terminal illness, for example, and you didn't want to be put on life support or you never wanted to get dialysis or, or some some specific So these treatment. are all those like do not resuscitate, I don't want life support, those types right. of things. Right, so questions. some of those things are factored into the health care document, but okay. the living will is, is not in and of itself a power of attorney, and it's not in and of itself legally binding. It's really just meant to be an addendum, if you will, to a health care power of attorney that gives further instructions about the kind of treatment and the type you know the types of treatment that you would want if you were in a medical situation and someone needed to make decisions for you. So that's really an additional document. It, it has nothing to do with a will in, in the typical sense of a will as far as distributing your assets. I really don't know why they called it that because right. it just creates There's more confusion. More confusion, right? That's a right. big area I get a lot of questions right. about. Uh, beyond that, you know, we've talked a little bit about trusts. And a, a revocable living trust is most commonly when you hear people say, oh, I have my house in a trust. That's typically what they're referring to as a revocable trust. Now, when it, when it comes to a trust, uh, my understanding, depending on how much you pay for it, it's revocable or revocable. <laughs> yes, that is the difference right there. The the fancy pronunciation. That's right. It's like shopping at Target. Um <laughs> Yeah, the revocable living trust is, again, what most people will do. They'll put their property in there and certain other assets. And the goal of that is to avoid going through the probate court process at the time of your death. So 
Is it less of an issue now about estate taxes, just with the estate tax limits being so high now, about definitely. 10, 11 million per person? Yes, definitely. I mean, a good trust document is going to build in language in case that estate tax exemption comes back down to sure. a much lower number so that you don't have to address it down the road. Um, but yes, right now, m- the vast majority of my clients do not have those same. It's a good tax. time to pass away if you have a it large is. estate, right? It now. is. Yeah, it's a very high exemption right now, and it, certainly most people you know, fall under it. So. Yeah, the trust is is really helpful in terms of avoiding the probate court process. And a trust, you really can put a lot of language in in case you maybe don't want your kids to get money until they turn, you know, 30 or part of it at 30 and part of it at 40. And you can put someone in place to um, make discretionary distributions out of the trust until your kids reach that age. Um, I've seen people hold the funds until their kids turn 65 in hopes that that'll be the kid's retirement. So there's lots of things that you can build into a trust that are or make it a really user-friendly document. You can also amend a trust very simply when you do a revocable trust. Gotcha. So let, let's explore a little bit. I want to. I think the probate process is a little confusing for folks in these trusts, so we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit more. And for folks that want a little bit deeper dive and want to sit down and, and really think about you know estate planning, how do I come up with an income plan, how do I deal with inflation, Big topic, Brad, I think you're hearing a lot about is Social Security planning, right? 500 different ways to turn it on. Mm -hmm. And we have some great classes coming up where we're going to specifically talk. We'll we'll address the estate planning. We're going to specifically talk about required minimum distributions in your 70s. How do I maximize Social Security? And this new tax code, you know, and I think that ties into the estate planning pretty well with these new higher limits. But what are some things we can do under this new tax code that might, Keep us in a lower tax bracket for the next 20 or 30 years to come, and that's important, right? But it's about planning ahead of time. If you wait until you're in your 70s, it's not that we can't be effective, but it's less effective, frankly. If we can start to plan ahead of time, then oftentimes we can maintain that lower tax bracket for a much longer period of time. And you can see that upcoming schedule. I know we have some classes coming up here on October 30th and November 7th. We'll be out in Wauwatosa. You do have to register. They're pretty close to full. I apologize, but we'll do our best to accommodate you. You can do that right at WealthWisconsin.com. That's WealthWisconsin.com, or you can call the office at 414-409-7226. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Preparing you for the ultimate vacation. Here's more of Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Good afternoon and welcome back to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. wanted to take a quick moment and thank everybody for spending your uh, Saturday afternoon with us. I know they're uh, precious in Wisconsin and you have a lot of listening choices and we certainly appreciate uh, the time you spend with us. Our goal as an education first firm is to really make sure whether it's coming to one of the educational classes, whether it's listening to the show that you really walk away with something you can apply to your retirement and help you feel better prepared and more educated. So we certainly appreciate the time you're spending with us. We have a great crew here today. We've got Brad Allen, and we've got a wonderful attorney that we work with with a lot of our clients, um, has done a lot of work in the area of, of estate planning and Elder law. I got. I always want to say elder attorney. And uh, I'm younger than you. you know? I know. I'll, I'll get that death glare if I if I say it wrong. I'm like uh, afraid. I'm stumbling over my words here. So, but no, a lot a lot of work in the area of elder law and estate planning and things of that nature, and just a, a great wealth of knowledge. And we were talking a little bit actually about trust. Um, you know, I know there the popular one is the revocable trust and. 
I think a common thing you were sharing with us is avoiding probate. And maybe that's misunderstood. What is that probate process? What does that look like? What does that mean for someone if they have to go through it? Right. So if you have a will instead of a trust and you have property that qualifies, so to speak, for having to go through probate, which would be maybe real estate, um, certain other assets, the probate court process, you know, is it can be a formal or informal process depending on your situation. And it's going to require uh, an application to probate or a petition for appointment of what we call a personal representative, which m- most often people refer to as an executor, but it's called a personal representative in Wisconsin. That's the person that your will nominates to be who the person who administers your estate. If you die in what we call an intestate estate, which means you don't have a will, and you have the assets that meet the criteria, then you go through probate and you know certain people are allowed to file on your behalf, nominate themselves or someone else to serve as the personal representative. And again, the court then you know, either approves the admission of the will and the, the application or petition and then appoints the person as personal representative. That person is then issued what we call domiciliary letters. And there's, you know, certain steps you have to go through. You have to file an inventory, marshalling all of the assets and, and um you know, drafting out an inventory that shows what's in the estate. You do have to pay an inventory filing fee. And there's also a statutory claims period. There's a three-month period wherein anybody can make a claim against the decedent's estate. So uh, you have to publish for that. You know, there's certain things that you have to do that you don't have to do necessarily when you have a trust. So So if you structure your trust properly, it gets kind of... I guess, process the way you wanted to without the court process, the extra fees and time and headache there. Correct. So you might be going through some of the same steps with a trust, but you don't have court oversight in order to do so. You are, in effect, giving the trustee the authority to handle your assets and your estate for you without having to go through the court process. Um, It's not the end of the world of probate, but it's it's definitely more cumbersome and time-consuming and typically more expensive because you you most likely have to hire an attorney to help you navigate. It's not required, but it's, it's... more than likely you're going to have to at least consult with an attorney to go through the process. So that's where some of the expense comes in that you may or may not have with someone who's be able to be a more informal trustee in order to handle your estate. And that's yeah, a, and I, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, that's go ahead. a pretty long process too, it's, right? When when you go through probate, it's I mean, typically 12 to 18 months. It certainly could be shorter, but again, I've never had someone say to me, "Well, that probate was fast." And I, I can't impress upon people enough when we start the process that it's it's a bit of a you know it's a time consuming process and. Inevitably, around eight or nine months. I can't believe we're not done with this yet. It it just it's not quick. We um, see that a lot in the news when celebrities pass away, yes. and the, the process is really long, and you know people start coming out of the woodwork a little bit. I mean, right? Yeah, and we've certainly seen a, a lot of those big cases. But I, I think the trust can just be a great way to, you know, sometimes unfortunately there's realities in our family, and there's things we need to do to control the money. We just had a, a case we were working on, and. Two beneficiaries, one had special needs, so really couldn't have direct access to the money for their health care benefit reasons. And it's another one that just for a number of reasons wouldn't have been great to have access to lump sums of money. So it's a great way sometimes you can um, help protect the kid's benefits, whether you're trying to protect a special needs scenario or sometimes protecting the kids from themselves when they just can't handle a large amount of money or maybe have substance abuse issues or could be a variety of different reasons. So pretty much if you can think it up, a good attorney is going to help you find a way to you know make happen with your money what you want to see happen. We're going to cover a lot of these great topics, including Social Security maximization. I think that's a confusing topic. Requirement of distributions, and a big one, Brad, right now is tax strategies with the new tax bill. Are there steps you can take today under this new tax code 
to potentially keep your tax brackets lower for 20 or 30 years to come? A lot of cases, the answer is yes, but it's about taking action now. Classes are filling up pretty quickly. We do have some coming up on October 30th and November 7th. You can register right at the website, wealthwisconsin.com. That's wealthwisconsin.com, or you can call us during the week at 414-409-7226. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Answering all of your retirement questions on Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. This is the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, WealthWisconsin.com. Got a great team here today. We've got Brad Allen and Attorney Ashley Lillison, and we're talking about uh, different estate planning topics and, you know, maybe some of the documents we all have to have. And, and, you know, we got some questions. For folks that want to write in questions, we always answer throughout the week. You can email those at radio at wealthwisconsin.com. That's radio at wealthwisconsin.com. And we got one, Brad, I think it was actually about two weeks ago that in particular, I think, hit on this topic. Yeah. You know, a lot of people come in the office and one of the things they're worried about is is long-term care. You know, the nursing home coming into play. Nobody likes to talk about it, but it is a conversation to have. And, you know, long-term care insurance can get expensive. A lot of people are are maybe um, out of the range where it makes sense anymore. So what kind of things uh, can we do to protect assets, asset protection uh, in retirement if they were to go into a nursing home or long-term care? Right. One of the best tools that we have to protect assets is doing an irrevocable trust. So this is different. Than, oh, that's scary. I know. Ear, irrevocable word. Nobody likes that, right? Irrevocable trust, which, again, has so many misconceptions about people feel like you're you're putting your money at sort of this place and this eye in the sky is in charge of it. And it's really not the case. It's a very misunderstood asset, you know, planning tool. But the goal of it is uh, it avoids probate, but it also um, protects the assets. We always have to contemplate the five-year look-back period for Medicaid. So if you are intending to do some asset protection, you're best off to do it more than five years from when you would need to go into the nursing home. So that requires us to have a really clear crystal ball, um, you know, which isn't the case. So you really, it's kind of like having homeowner's insurance in case that tree falls on your house. I mean, you could, you're not, it's not going to do you any good if you go and get the homeowner's insurance the day after the tree falls on your house. So I encourage people, especially when they're nearing retirement and they're looking at doing estate planning, this is really who that targets, to evaluate their assets. Are there assets they could protect? Are there assets that they want to protect? And really, it's just a question of what's what's your goal. You know, I tell people that you come, I'm going to educate you, and then I'm going to ask you what your goal is. If you can articulate your goal and asset protection is one of them, then I can help you make that the case. I don't want people to get... Um, confused and bogged down by some of the nuances of how that takes place. I really just want them to be able to tell me in a perfect world, this is how my assets would be protected and this is who they would go to. And I will make you know that happen for them. So the irrevocable trust is a really great planning tool in order to deal with asset protection so that if you go into the nursing home, you aren't forced to utilize all of your private pay funds really until you're down to a quite a minimal amount of money um, left and then there's the house, the car, and you know a certain amount of cash assets. But even the house, if you don't have a trust, the community spouse gets to reside in the house, but they'll they'll put a lien on the house for any care that was received by the institutionalized spouse, if that's the case. So you don't really get to keep the house, as you'll hear people say. You get to live in the house until such a time as you can't, and then that lien will be um, you have to be paid back. So fair to say we don't want to wait till it's happening, right? We want to stay ahead of this. And one of the things I appreciate about Ashley and 
I sure hope this doesn't come out wrong, but, um, you know, when, what, and the reason I'm comfortable, you know, referring folks over to her is she doesn't sound like an attorney, which I don't mean any offense to any attorneys listening, but, you know, she can, as you, she can explain things in a very simple to follow manner and, and will guide you in the right direction. But I, I think a lot of people actually just kind of ignore this topic. But, you know, I, would you agree that in particular, if somebody, says, okay, this asset or this investment or this amount of money, I'm probably never going to touch. I want to pass it on to my loved ones. That might be a candidate for this. Right. So like I said, there are certain assets that we might put into an irrevocable trust, and, and they are assets that you are not and utilizing. And if I want to change my mind, am I stuck, or is there an out later? Um, there are outs if you absolutely needed to. Um, really, well, all you're doing then is negating the tr- protections that you put in place. So certainly there's an out if the time came and you needed the money um, and ways to deal with that. But yes, we put into the trust that which you don't need to live on. So if there are assets that are just you know accumulating and you're not tapping into on a regular basis to live off of, those are the types of assets that we look at protecting, as well as any uh, real estate that you own, and you have to own it free and clear in order to put it into an irrevocable trust. But people who have you know a family fishing cabin up north or you have a separate property in a different state, these are all things that we look at protecting because they're really considered um, additional assets that if you were into a nursing home and you wanted to be eligible for Medicaid, you would have to sell everything besides your primary residence. And certainly that's not advantageous when you look at a family who's had maybe a property for years and years. Great stuff. And after the break, I want to get you guys some information so you can uh, learn how to connect with Ashley if you have some questions. And also, don't forget, we have a great new tool available to you. It's an app for your phone called Asset Lock. Big thing we're hearing nowadays is I just don't hear from my advisor, in particular when the market's not doing well. I don't hear anything. It's a great way you can link your accounts, set your kind of pain threshold, if you will, whether that's 3% or, or 25%, and you'll get an alert both when you're Overall portfolio hits new highs and also when it hits a level that you're uncomfortable with. I think that's a great time to initiate a conversation with your advisor. You can download that right from your app store. You'll need to use the code 3AX, and then you won't have any fees for it. Again, that's Asset Lock 3AX. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Walking you through your retirement plan. Here's more of Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Welcome back to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm certified financial planner Tony Drake with Drake & Associates, WealthWisconsin.com. And again, we really appreciate you spending some uh, time with us this afternoon. Brad, I bumped into someone this week, and a nice couple, and they said they really appreciated the show. They listened in every week, so... Now I know we have three people, my mom and that nice couple. It's so growing. It's growing. One, one at a time, right? We'll get there. But, no, thank you. I, I know folks are busy, and I do appreciate you tuning in. Certainly open to any suggestions if you ever want to email in at radio at wealthwisconsin.com. If you have any questions or a topic you'd like to see us cover, again, you can send that in at radio at wealthwisconsin.com. We also have a great guest this week, Attorney Ashley Lillisan. He's done a lot of work in the area of estate planning and asset protection, wills, living wills, powers of attorney, all that great stuff. And um, Ashley, we were talking a little bit about asset protection before the break. I think a great topic, a lot of folks, you know, that long-term care insurance topic is a controversial one. And it's certainly going to be the right solution for some people. And some people, for a number of reasons, may decide it's not the right option for them, but you know, there's uh, some great ways you can also protect assets through the legal means and, and trust documents, if you will. 
Um, but what what's it look like? So, you know, it's always scary to meet with an attorney, right? A big formal yes. office, and you're going to use these complicated words we can't understand. And no, all kidding aside, what, what's the process look like if someone's interested in connecting with you? Sure. I try to make the process as, you know, as simple and non-complicated as can be. And anytime I hear someone say, well, I have a dumb question, there is absolutely no such thing as a dumb question. I mean, there's, there's no reason why, you know, the average person would just know, inherently know these things. So not no dumb questions whatsoever. I was actually a social worker before I went to law school. So I worked as a corporate guardian for um, an agency that handled individuals and was, was their, served as their guardian when they didn't have anyone to do that. Wow. Um, so I have, quote unquote, served in the trenches of seeing what happens if you don't have plans or you don't have any family members to carry that stuff out. And I'm, I never lose sight of that when I'm working with people. So, you know, if you call me and you want to come in and sit down for a consultation, there's zero charge. There's zero, you know, commitment. Um, we'll talk through your situation and I would offer you some alternatives and some plans, be able to give you a price for that so that you know if you want to go forward exactly what it's going to look like. Typically, we would do a design meeting after that. So if you call me down the road, you know, five years down the road with a question or you need, you know, some information, I don't send you a bill for a 20-minute phone call. Um, I find it fosters a much more comfortable environment. People don't feel like they're being nickel and dimed for every, you know, two cents that they sit and ask a question. So there's a, a design meeting where we would go through all the questions of who do you want your, you know, your power of attorney to be, who do you want to handle your estate, who do you want your beneficiaries to be, all these sorts of questions. And then it typically takes a week or so to get all the documents drafted. We would meet again to go through everything, to sign it. And then if you do a trust, I would actually help you go through the steps of funding it. So it, it can be as, as quick or as long of a process as you want it to be. I've done it overnight for people when, you know, there was more of a crisis. Um, some people, you know, stretch it out over a month. So it's really just a matter of coming in and addressing your situation individually so that you get accurate information about what applies to you as opposed to, reading a pamphlet or going online and, and trying to fit your situation into something like that. So there's zero threat, if you will, if you come in and just talk to me and I'll, you know, give you my information. So, and how do folks get a hold of you? Sure. The best way is probably to call me. It's uh, my number is 414-409-7306. And I'll certainly get back to people and, you know, we can discuss. Your Let's situation. repeat that one time just in case folks are jotting that down. Yep. It's 414-409-7306. 7306. And if you're looking to get a hold of Ashley, you can always touch base with our office at wealthwisconsin.com and we'll connect you. In particular, too, I think, you know, Ashley has a lot of experience. If, God forbid, you have a family member or loved one that's going into the nursing home now and you're in a crisis scenario, um, that that's a great, uh, great uh, area that she can assist with as well. We have some great classes coming up we'd love to tell you about. You can always see the upcoming course list at WealthWisconsin.com. That's WealthWisconsin.com. And October 30th and November 7th, we're going to specifically be talking about required minimum distributions. I think it's often misunderstood. And this whole monster of Social Security, Brad, hundreds of strategies. You know, what's the best one for me or me and my family? How do I maximize that income? And then how does that all tie into this new tax bill? Many of us are losing the ability to do itemized deductions. But are there some things we can do early on in the retirement landscape to potentially lower our tax bracket for decades to come? Uh, again, October 30th, November 7th, we're going to be out in the Wauwatosa area. Those do fill up, and we need you to register ahead of time at WealthWisconsin.com, or you can call the office at 414-409-7226. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. 
The proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during Retirement Ready are solely that of the hosts or guests of Drake & Associates and not WTMJ Radio or Scripps Media Incorporated.